Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's so good uh, to be back here and uh, to be with you all. And I'm excited uh, to share this morning and um, just uh, the encouragement that it is to be together and see each other. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long couple of months, and I just yeah can't can't say enough of how excited I am uh, to be back here uh, with all of you. So. I want to share this morning from uh, the the Second Thessalonians, and you know, for those of you who have a hard time keeping up with me because I talk fast and I read scriptures fast, uh, that's where we're going to be the whole time. So it uh, might be a little easier to follow today. So let me uh, let me open us up with a word of prayer, and we will get started. God, thanks for the day. Thank you for um, just all the ways you provide the surprises. God, the, the way you've loved us and continue to love us and continue to just show up in the midst of difficult times, Lord, uh, how you are just constant. And thank you for the peace that you provide during those times. Thank you um, for the encouragement that we find in each other, how you designed this whole thing for us to be in community with you and community with one another. And so I just pray, God, that we gra gravitate to that, that we grab hold of that, Lord, and that we do our part. Father, we talk about that all the time. Um, and that we, we do that, Lord, that there's, uh, there's opportunity all the time for us to advance the kingdom, to keep our eyes on the kingdom. And so, God, help us to do that. Uh, thank you again for this morning. Help me as I speak and share and just um, that uh, there's just hope and encouragement. In, in the words that we read and what we're uh, digging through here. So we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I, I was visiting uh, Tommy and Alicia, and Tommy read this to me, and I wanted to, to start off today's message with it. Um, it's from a book. I don't recall what it was. What it was. You can ask Tommy, and he'll tell you. Um, it says, Life is hard. Dying's easy. So many things must align in order to create life. It has to happen in a place that supports life. Something approximately as rare as a hen's teeth from the perspective of the universe. Parents, in whatever form, have to come together for it to begin. From conception to birth, any number of hazards can end a life. And that's to say nothing of all the attention and energy required to care for a new life until it is old enough to look after itself. Life is full of toil, sacrifice, and pain, and from the time we stop growing, we know that we have begun dying. We watch helplessly as year by year our bodies age and fail, while our survival instincts compel us to keep on going, which means living with terrifying, the terrifying knowledge that ultimately death is inescapable. It takes enormous effort to create and maintain a life, and the process is full of pitfalls and unexpected complications. Ending a life, by comparison, is simple. Easy, even. It can be done with a relatively minor effort, a single microbe, a sharp edge, a heavy weight, or a few ounces of lead. So difficult to bring about. So easy to destroy. You'd think we would, we would hold life in greater value than we do. Uh, again, I don't know who wrote that. Um, Tommy... Uh, you can ask Tommy and he can share that with you. But, uh, you know, I wanted to start off with that because I, I, I hope that over the course of 2020, 
that life has become valuable to you. If, just in case it had slipped your mind. Just in case it had kind of devalued for you. I know sometimes we get caught up in life. And when things are going normal and, and or whatever normal is, and we, you know, we began to um, disregard things sometimes that are really, really important. And it's easy to do. And life is one of those things. And every once in a while, we're called back at a funeral or at some event or some, some cry, I don't know, just where we realize that life is precious. And the thing is, there's not a day that goes by that, that it is less important than the day before. Life is important and it's precious. And we need to remember that. And every life falls into that. And the reason every life falls into that is because we are made in the image of our Creator. And it's very difficult for me to see things happen sometimes. And, and when my anger wells up and when my, I'm, I get enraged about how people are treating other people or, or you know, just, just acts, of, acts of violence or whatever, when I see people being mistreated on any front, you know, it, it makes me angry. And the people doing the, the acts of violence or mistreating, I, I lose value for their life. And I respond in the flesh, usually. You know, and, and like probably all of us do, or some of us do, or we have at one point or another. And so I want, I want us to just, just come back to the place that every life is precious. Uh, that we have to... to look to Jesus and how he handled people and life and what he did to his enemies, you know, how he was submissive there, you know, and like, um, but he was a protector too. He protected his disciples. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things there from Jesus that, uh, that, that we see. But today we're going to be in Second um, Thessalonians chapter one, and that's where we're going to stay today. And so I want to, I'm going to jump around the book. I'm going to start off by reading verse, verse eight and nine, and then we're going to, we're going to go from there. Um, verse eight says in the flaming fire, verse seven says when Christ returns in the flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. This has started off as a rough message. <laughs> and, and even though I don't, I don't want it to, it, it's, it's kind, of, it kind of brings about this, this whole thought right here. You know, we love to think about the hope that's in heaven, Right? The hope that like all the suffering times and the struggles are going to go away and you know we have heaven to look forward to, and rightly so, because it's a real place. But if heaven is real, so is hell, because Jesus spoke as clearly about one as he did the other. And 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 so we have to remember, you know, there's a reality going on here that's much bigger than our present suffering. It's much bigger than the the moments of our culture and that every single life has a soul 
And we need to remember that. And it's irrelevant of where they came from or who they are. They have a soul. And every single person we come in contact with every single day is, is usually battling something or struggling with something. Sometimes it's minor, sometimes it's major. But they are. They're, they're, they're going through life. And life is not easy very often. So I, I want us to remind it. I wanted to remind us that that vengeance is the Lord's and there will come a day of reckoning. There will. But until that day, we are called to be followers of Christ. You're not allowed to come up with your own version of that. You have to do this the way he designed it, the way he wrote it out for us, even though it is not easy. And there's hope in that, you know. There's hope in the fact that I can look at a situation and I don't have to decide. Jesus has already decided for me and I am called to love. And if you get confused about love, there's a whole passage in the Corinthian letters that talks about love and God's version of it and definition of it. And the entire Bible kind of alludes to that. So we're called to love. So I want to progress through this and, and building hope. You know, it's, it's, I heard a, heard a story one time. It was funny. Uh, there was a man in the uh, fence with the bull, and I've, I've been in that situation. It never chased me, but I was always leery uh, of it. And, and this, this man was out in the pasture, and the bull turned on him and, and started charging. So the man was running for his life, you know, and he saw this tree. And so he's running, and as he got was approaching the tree, he realized that the branch was about 10 feet off the ground. And, you know, as he, as he approached the tree, I mean, he jumped with all his might and he missed the branch on the way up. But he caught it on the way back down. You know, like motivation, right? It changes things for us. And, and today, like, I want you to think about hope in that light because going through tough things develops hope in us it it uh grows the hope in us that there's something better coming you know that the trial isn't always going to be in uh verse three of, of chapter one there it says we ought to always give thanks to god for you brothers as it is right as as is right because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. And in verse 11, it says, To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. There's hope. And I hope in the middle of it that our praying for one another is, is developing our faith. You know, we, we, we have to be praying for one another. I promise you the leadership has been praying for you. And I hope in turn you have also been praying for us. There's power in prayer. And, and we're going to be able to respond in a more God-like manner as collectively as a church and individually when we're praying for one another. That the, the spirit is going to well up inside of us with greater power. I believe that. Um, with greater power from prayer. So we must pray for one another. So I believe that power, 
That power in us, when it's under pressure, produces hope. Um, Again, reading verse 3 and 4, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. I'm telling you, during this time right here that this letter was written, the church was going under one of the greatest persecutions it ever faced. And Paul's writing these words. These people were in the pressure cooker. They were going through it, man. I know we're, we're currently going through maybe, maybe the toughest time you've ever faced personally. Um, maybe not. Some of you have served in wars and battles and you've been, you've been other places, but maybe you've faced some daunting disease at some point. But for some of us, this is the scariest, most intense thing we've ever endured. What, what we're enduring right now as a country. And, I hope you feel some pressure. I, I hope there's a, a, a pressure thing going on uh, with you because God does some of his greatest work. When we're under pressure, when things aren't just status quo, when things aren't easy, when we're not just chilling on a mountaintop, you know? Um, we can never forget, I, like I uh, I was helping, uh, it's funny, I keep talking about Tommy and Alicia, but I was helping Tommy and Alicia with a little project and we were trying to break up some soil Oh my gracious sakes. It was like concrete. And even though that doesn't apply to what I'm about to say, I, like I wanted you to get that this image, you know, of, of breaking up the soil. When we first started our garden, um, I went out there first and was like, hit the ground a few times. I was like, no. Nah. So we called up a friend of ours and they brought a tractor over and, and turned the ground over, you know. Uh, and we have to break the soil up every year to produce crops, you know. If I just throw the seed out there on the ground, it's probably not going to do anything. All right, there's a slim chance, but probably not. You know, the soil needs to be broken up to produce a good crop. And don't forget, our Savior was broken, you know. And so we go through times of breaking. We go through intense times where we're in the pressure cooker. And I believe with all my heart that God does some of his best work in those moments. We don't long for those moments. But I hope that when we go through them, because we will, we are, and life just is that way. That you allow God to work in your life and that it increases your faith and your hope in Him and what's to come. Verse 5 there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 says, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Man, that you may be considered worthy. I, I think about that all the time. I, I, I have it in my prayers all the time. I want to live a life worthy of the calling that's been put in my life. And I, I drop the ball on that sometimes. But I'll tell you what, in, in the middle of uh, the pressure cooker, you, you respond in a different way. It, it's it's kind of weird but this process of pressure produces hope in us. It does. Like when we're going, we're going through something, um, this hope just wells up in us. And, and I hope it helps us to live a life worthy. That we're going to get considered worthy because we endured the persecution. We endured the trials. We endured the tough times. 
And we got through. And and God increased us, you know, in him. And we were considered worthy of the kingdom of God. I remember uh, in high school, uh, we were in a, a basketball game. And uh, I, I was not a... I, I didn't play a lot at this point. I was younger, and but I was on varsity, and the we were at this we were at this gym, and um, it was it was horrible. Honestly, it was uh, it it was just one of those places you didn't want to go play. You know, it was like it was designed to be mean. It was like their fans were like on top of you. It was like you couldn't escape them, and and everybody's just yelling and shouting and going crazy, and. Um, you know, we had a group of students that traveled with us. They, they were nuts. People in Kentucky love their basketball. And we were down a whole lot of points. I don't even remember. Um, there's a newspaper article about it, and I have a copy of that. But I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was. But anyway, uh, it was a huge, huge deficit, and one that was insurmountable, honestly. Um, if you just – if you'd have walked in halftime and looked at the scoreboard, like it was over. At halftime, it was over. And I'm not making that up. It was, it was bad. And I don't know. I don't know what got said. I don't know what happened. But there was something that happened to our team during the halftime. And it was like we were under this insane pressure. And all the, it was just like the whole world was coming down on us. It was just a basketball game. But in that moment, it was so intense. And it mattered in that moment. And, and we were getting yelled at and screamed at. And, and I w- wouldn't even be surprised they threw stuff at us at this place. But, um, and we felt this immense pressure. And the team responded. And it was like all of a sudden there, there, someone hit a shot, you know, some crazy shot. And all of a sudden hope just was there. It was there for the first time in the game. There was hope. And it was like the whole team kind of came together in this hope and rallied around it. The, the bench people were up. Like every, every play that happened, like we were up trying to be louder than the crowd. So like here we are, like, you know, the, the eight of us trying to scream louder than, than 100 people. And then we had our fans behind us who had been, who had been quieted because we were, we were getting blown out of the gym. And all of a sudden, you know, they decided to cheer every little thing. It didn't matter what it was. Every little thing that went our way, they were going to just like make it into this intense thing. And they did, and it was awesome. And they were going crazy, you know, and, and like people face painting. And, and there was one, we had one guy who always ran around with our school flag and he took his shirt off and he'd be painted up sometimes. Um, and uh, I mean, like just got crazy, you know, and, and this hope just kept growing. And then the deficit kept shrinking. And I'll never forget, I, I got to get in the game a few times. It was exciting to be a part of that. And, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget that it was it was getting down to the last little bit, and we were still down. I mean, it was still like almost a hopeless situation. But we believed, man, we believed that something great was going to happen, and it did. I mean, like people just stole the ball at just the right moments and threw up hail mary shots, and they were just, like, I remember one time our our point guard uh, Chad uh, he. He, I think he'd stolen the ball. I'm not sure exactly the play, but I, I'm telling you, like he was, he was, he flew out of bounds. It seems like to me, the best I can remember, 
like behind, like the line behind the goal. He went out of bounds that way. And as he was going out of bounds, he threw the ball up in the air. And it banked in. Now, I don't know if you know much about basketball, but the backboard actually sits inside the line, like inbounds. So that's impossible, almost. But it banked in. And it was like, I don't know if that was to tie the game or to go. I don't remember. But, like, I'm telling you, it was just crazy. And we ended up winning that basketball game. And we broke the – like, we had the greatest comeback in Kentucky high school basketball history. Uh, it had never been done before, that kind of deficit overcome. And so they wrote an article about – I don't know if we still hold that. Um, but uh, it was insane. And it was awesome. It was such a cool thing to be a part of. And I'm telling you, being in the pressure cooker produces hope. When it's coming down on you, man, like it just produces hope. In uh, verse 6, it says, Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you. And then verse 11 and 12, To this end we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our Lord God and the Lord Jesus. Man. There's some strong words. And I don't know about you, but that just draws peace for me. I just take peace and comfort in that. And I believe peace produces hope. I'll never forget 9-11-11. The 10-year anniversary of 9-11, Shay and I found ourselves in a hospital room giving birth to our firstborn. And I'll never forget that moment because I would argue to this day it was the most intense moment of my life or, or up there in the top two or three. And I'll never forget in the craziness of what was going on and and Caden it just was a little bit of a traumatic delivery. Um, I just had this peace. And it was from God. It no no doubt about it. It was nothing to toot my own horn about. It was from God. And I remember I was standing there with Shay and, and I was holding her hand and Caden, they were trying to get Caden um, to cry, breathe, however you want to phrase that. Um, and like, it took a while and the silence, it's weird because there was a lot of yelling. <laughs> but there was also this weird silence because her baby wasn't crying. And I remember looking Shay in the eye and like, God's got this. And it is going to be okay. And I didn't just, like, that was from him. And I, we, I just had peace. Like, I just can't even, it was unreal. And I know so many of you have experienced that in tough things, in tough moments. And I really just think that this peace in us produces hope. And I really want to throw that out there today. Because there's a lot of unrest going on in our country. And, I, and it's not something that you just get to ignore, I don't think. Maybe. But if, if you stay tuned in and you watch what's happening, it's going to move you in some way. It may anger you. It may, uh, it may 
sorrow you. It may drive you to compassion. It may drive you the other way. I, it's hard not to watch all this stuff and not react. But I'm, I'm telling you that God's peace is available for his people. And I really hope that you have peace. I hope that a peace is welling up in you knowing that God will work things out. He will work them out. And vengeance is his. I can't sit back and look at everything and tell you who's doing right and who's doing wrong and what's justified and what's not. But I know a just God. I know a just God. And peace is given to me from my God. And peace produces hope. And I want to I wanna end today with the promise. In verse 10, it says, When he comes on that day, when he comes on that day, one of my, my preacher friends sent me a text this week and said, what if today's the day? <laughs> and I got a tear in my eye. I was like, I hope it's today. You know? And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't run around and like think that all the time. I should, but I don't. But I did that day. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. Mm. We are not alone. Jesus is coming back. And his promise is true and there's hope in that. There's hope in that promise. So many times in our lives we find ourselves in tough situations, painful situations, hurtful, catastrophic, crisis, pandemic. Who knows what is going to happen tomorrow. But what we do know is the pressure cooker is going to end. And we have a promise of eternal life where the pressure is off. Shay and I recently got away for a couple of days for our anniversary. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most relaxing moments um, we've ever had. And it was so nice. And we tried to not watch media and we tried not to be on Facebook and we tried just try to really take a break and we relaxed and we talked and we had a conversation and we stared at God's creation a whole lot. And it was awesome, you know? And I remember when we were driving home just having this thought, like it's so crazy to have that kind of peaceful moment and then look on TV and see all the chaos that is going on. And then it made me remember that God gives us peace in the chaos and that his promises are true. And that this is all going to end one day. And every one of the people that I have any issue with needs to be saved. Not killed, but saved. And sometimes it's difficult for me to, to work that out when I see evil. Because my flesh just wants to kill evil, just flush it out. And anger wells up in me when I see evil, when I see injustice. But we have a God who's just. 
and he's going to be the judge, you know? And I have been called to love. And that's the question. Am I able to do that? Am I able to come to the end of myself and love? Love you guys with all I got. Love my enemies. It says that in the scriptures. It's not easy, but that's what it says. Church, I don't have all the answers to all that's going on, but this I do know. Jesus, he gave us this incredible example. He walked away from the big stuff. He did. And he addressed it with a few, and he changed the world. Man, God may call you to some big platform to do some great thing. Okay? He may. There's people throughout history that were called to big platforms to do big things. But for the rest of us, it's pretty simple. Invest in someone else, in Jesus, for Jesus. Right? Change the next generation for Christ. Change the people in your sphere of influence for Christ. There's hope in that. There's hope that a person can be transformed by Jesus Christ if we do our part. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It isn't limited. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Everything. You don't get to leave any parts out. Heaven's real. Hell's real. Salvation's real. Following Jesus is real. It's real. We have to teach and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And then the promise that surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. We are not alone. We can take hope in that. God will deliver. Have hope. Love one another. Love one another. Be willing to forgive. And realize that people are going through stuff. We're all going through stuff. Have compassion and empathy. And love your neighbor. Let's pray. God, thank you again for, for your word. Thank you again for hope that we have in you. And thank you for heaven that is coming. Cannot wait. So excited. God, we love you. Thank you for this day. Just let us enjoy this, this moment, the fellowship time that we have so greatly missed. God, we just continue to pray for your protection over your people. God, and, and, uh, but, that, but that at the same time we're bold. And if it, if it even came to the point of our life, God, that we willingly give it because we know there's something better. Those are tough words to pray. But God, you prepare us for the work that you have for us. So Lord, I pray that we just follow Jesus. And we just follow Jesus. It's about him. It's through him. To bring glory to your name. In his name we pray. Amen.